and welcome to the Zenial Dome's Little Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I message Sears. As you will know if you're a regular listener to the show, Zenials are those born between 1977 and 1985. And in the normal Zenial Dome podcast, we interview fellow Zenials and chat about all of it. We, we are going to be doing a third series, but we have been thinking, what do we do in the gaps between the series? Because in my head, I don't know how people listen to this podcast. <laughs> Basically, I, I imagine people listen to this podcast where they have got all the non-zennials out of their life temporarily <laughs> and then listen to our show. Yeah, the people who don't understand them yeah, are exactly. out of the house. People, they've probably dropped their kids off at school so then they can listen to a podcast which discusses the barcode battler and be like, great. <laughs> So I don't like the idea of them not having a thing to listen to in that gap. It's like a support group, isn't it? There we are, that's it. So the plan is, in the off weeks, we can put podcasts out like this, which is just myself and Esset. And the idea is that we're going to look at this month in Xenial history. And we're going to start with... It is June 1997. Great. I know this is going to be good. Yeah. When we interviewed Henry Mm -hmm. Whitcomb... He points out that 1997 was a big year, and he kind of went through all the news stories that happened between Labour getting in and the death of Diana, and he was like, it's quite a summer. Yeah. So I know there's a lot lot to pick from here. But none of that is in. Fine. (laughs) Well, he sort of rattled through a load of events, and and he was like, and there's more, so I'm really looking forward to this, because I've not looked at what you're going to talk about. No. So... 1997, yeah. June, what were you doing? I oh, just basking in the new Labour government. <laughs> How old were you, 13? Uh, <laughs> I would have been 14. 14. Yeah, I would okay. have been 14. Yeah, so I was 16 in 1997. Yeah, doing my GCSEs. Oh, okay, right, so that's yeah. a big year. That was a big year, yeah. but very stressful. So I, yeah, I must have been doing my SATs. Yeah. And I do remember, genuinely, I do remember being very sunny. Yes, but it's always sunny when you have to revise. Always. (laughs) So that's definitely what I was doing. But what was also happening in June 1997 is Noel Gallagher married Meg Matthews. Oh, okay. Right, I'd have thought that had happened earlier, but I don't know why that would have... No, they might have been together for longer, I imagine. Well, by now, Oasis have done... Definitely, maybe. Yeah. They've done What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. They've, I don't know, all the sort of stuff they did. Did they have a fight on a ferry? That rings there a bell. Was a, there, there was, was some sort of fight on a ferry. There was all that. They'd done that interview with Steve Lamack where they were shouting at each other. So they were massive by this They're point. massive, but I know that 1997, in their back pocket, <laughs> they've got Be Here Now, haven't yeah. they? And that's about to come out. Yeah. It's not out yet. No. Because the date is on the (laughs) album cover. Yeah. It's a mega hit. And then I remember it being in the NME as the most charity shopped record. It was, yes. But I'm not here to talk about their music. I'm here to talk about his relationship with its girl, Meg Matthews. I I don't really know who she was. I still don't know. So when, when I was preparing for this, I was Googling her. Yeah. And I still don't really get a sense of who she is. But in the in the 90s, there was a big thing about it girls, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Girls yeah. who just socialised and yeah. didn't really do anything else. So she was going out with Noel Gallagher. Liam Gallagher was dating Patty Kenzie. Yeah, yeah. So that four 
were a massive big force at the time in terms of uh, tabloid fodder. So, yes. And I think for me, to be an it's girl, it sounded like quite a cool thing to be because you just got to go to really cool parties. Yeah, they definitely... I mean, I imagine that's part is part of the job making it look easy yeah it's like being a singer no one's to see you rehearse i have read articles from her though that talk about that time and saying how mad it was and as in she looks back on it now and can't believe that she even survived it oh really in, in was terms it that? of the drink and the drugs right and, yeah so it's less there's more paperwork than you'd think <laughs> and more <laughs> but yeah. it's just heavy going buildings of note so the first one is the globe theater so the globe theater was built in london yes um a replica of shakespeare's globe theater i i'm a bit confused about this because i i from what i've read it is built on the same site Mm -hmm. as the original but just that the original, I think it burnt down or something and then it was rebuilt and then in the end they just got rid of it completely. I mean, it looks like it's made from paper. <laughs> so I don't, it doesn't surprise me. No, and and also they say it's a replica, but it doesn't have the same capacity in it as the old one would have would have had. So Health and safety? Maybe. Is that going to be it? I would imagine that the Globe Theatre in the 16 and 1700 wasn't full until at least four audience members are on the stage. <laughs> And then you can start the play. And then it's always that thing of people saying, and of course, the audience would have all been talking and chatting. It sounds nightmarish. And also, at that time, during Shakespearean time, hygiene wasn't the best. Everyone would have stank. Oh, my God. You know when you happen to just sit next to someone in the cinema who's really annoying... Or is taking up too much too much of your own space. Or like that person I told you about who was eating a lasagna <laughs> during 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Cracks open a massive Tupperware and started launching it to some sort of pasta dish. Oh. The BFI. Round the corner from the globe. Yeah. I mean, wow. if that had happened in the globe, I'd have understood it. It would be like, well, of course... <laughs> Imagine if they had lasagna. In Shakespeare's day, they would have been eating a lasagna <laughs> or some other meat product brought from the continent. Cannelloni. Or... But I remember it. I do remember it in the news and them talking about it. But an even better thing to have yeah. happened that month was the Millennium Dome being built. They didn't build it in a month, though, did they? Was no, it... they didn't. <laughs> well. Was this the, the month they started it? The month they finished it, the month they regretted it. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm quite intrigued by this because I've... Oh, I think I might know the story behind this. Yeah. So the Conservative government, who'd just been kicked out. Yeah. The Melendon was their idea. Yeah. Tony Blair got in. Yeah. And then they had to quickly decide whether or not they were going to stick with it or not. Yeah, so basically, construction started in June 1997. And I think that Tony Blair got the job. First month, him and Chris Smith, who was the minister for... What do they call the Minister of Art then? Minister for Culture, Culture. Media. Don't know if they'd rolled sport into it. Certainly not digital. (laughs) That was the full title. Um, The... I think they basically had to go, quick, is this going to happen or not? Right. And then they went, we're doing it. And then everyone regretted it. 
God. Yeah, it's it's a bit like I guess with Boris Johnson when he moved into number ten that he had to wallpaper everything for some yeah. reason. <laughs> it's like, well, no, I'm gonna. It's like a dog peeing on something to have some ownership over something else. This is Blaze. Well, it was all, I think it was all about to go and they just right. had to go, are we on board or not on board? And they went, yeah, I think he, up till this day, I think he could have pulled the plug on it. Really? So there is a programme on BC Sounds called the Ministry of Fun and it is all about the history of the arts ministers. And in it, the presenter, Ben Jernan, speaks to Chris Smith about the day they decided to stick with the Millennium Dome. <laughs> And I know, because I was producing that interview. <laughs> but the uncertainty over start over sticking with the Millennium Dome is really interesting. Wow. They were really on a knife edge of whether they were going to go for it or not. It's a bit like me when I when I order something in a restaurant because I, I I'm never I never know if I've made the right decision. Do you get food envy? Um, a bit, but it's it's because I just love everything and I I, I can't eat everything, so I, I I can never discount something to make yeah. the decision easier. So up until the point that I'm putting the first piece in my mouth, I cannot be certain that I've made the right choice. And the Millennium Dome equivalent <laughs> is you are looking at other countries. <laughs> Millennium Celebration Projects and going, oh, maybe we should have just done what Australia did and bid for the Olympics. Yeah, that looks much tastier. <laughs> that looks a lot more straightforward. <laughs> Everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. The, the only zones are quite self-explanatory. There's <laughs> the running zone, the jumping zone. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I, as a concept, I find it bizarre because it feels a bit like they, from, from my, my understanding of it is that they wanted to try and develop that area. Yeah. Because it was a waste ground, basically, yeah. wasn't it? So it feels like they just needed to put something massive on there to cover a lot of area. <laughs> and then they thought, shit, we need to fill it with something. <laughs> yeah, I think those were two separate problems. <laughs> yeah. I think the dome or what you put in the dome were different. Yeah. different. But reading about large British... Artistic infrastructure projects. <laughs> One of the things I learned is that every mistake made during the making of the Millennium Dome, they pretty much went, what did we do? Let's do the opposite in the planning of the Olympics. Oh. And every, the, all the mistakes that they learnt with the Dome, in, including the reason why you were doing it, mm. how you get people involved and all this sort yeah. of stuff, every single step of the way... The Olympics, all the lessons were learned, and mm. that's why the Olympics was a success. Oh, that's really yeah. interesting. And it's all to do with things like, no, no one really knew what it was for. It feels very corporate. Completely. And and, and then I think it just, well, what does this say about anything? Now, yeah. we're told, we, neither of us went. No. Nope. Because it was a very long way away. It seemed very <laughs> expensive. From day one, the advertising for the Millennium Dome was very much, hey, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. Like, that was the tone of the adverts. But from conception to it actually opening, it had been on the news constantly yeah. Yeah. about how it was a waste of money and, you know, no one really knew what they were doing and they were behind on time. And it's just... There was never any positivity around it. No, but then you get things like that. But then when they open, people go, oh, that's better than you think. Yeah. So the, the, the Olympics, <laughs> everyone has now forgotten that the Olympics, mm. two months before the Olympics, they had to bring the army in yeah. to sort of get the whole thing to run. And we kind of, because it was a success, it's kind of like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Whereas the Millennium Dome, I think that moment people were waiting for, it's like, 
oh, but it's going to be okay in the end. And then it opened and people went, what's yeah. this? Yeah. There's a, there's one photograph of the inside that I found online where it kind of, it, it tries to give an aerial view of everything that's inside. And in the middle, there's just some shelving. <laughs> just none of it makes any sense it feels like permanent and temporary at the same time and stuff like that makes me really nervous it's like you know when you're sat round around a table and everyone sat down but one person is stood up and they're talking and they're part of the conversation they will not sit down and it makes me feel nervous because like, are you leaving are you staying it yeah. felt a bit like <laughs> they nearly called it the princess diana center because she died that summer there. Yes. And I think they... Um, not at this point in the process, though. No, so this was a bit further down the line. Fine. Oh, yeah, not... If they're calling it that. Like, not preemptively. Like. <laughs> that episode of Panorama was so good, I think we named it after it. <laughs> yeah, because someone... With, with the Bashir annex. Oh, God. Like, yeah, because it was someone on the dome, um, the dome's boards that suggested it should be named after her. Also, some other facts. This is my favourite fact. The entire roof structure weighs less than the air contained within the building. Right. What? (laughs) So the roof structure, the tenty bit, weighs less than the air contained within it. I don't know if I think that's impressive or not. Is that true of... It's one of those facts that makes me feel sick because I can't comprehend it. But, so, right. We're in a room now. <laughs> <laughs> the roof, the roof weighs... Structure. So here, in this room we're in now, yeah. the roof weighs more than the air contained in the building. Yeah, because it's a slate roof. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> you're doing well. <laughs> Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Nice. Whereas, the. Is it that the air inside is so dense? It's just thick with anticipation. It's thick air. (laughs) Is it a light roof? No, it's thick air. It just stinks. (laughs) What are we going to fill the dome with? Thick air. BAE systems have got a stall, and we we don't know what they're doing, but the air's become really thick. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 nothing to do with science. It's just that the air, the the, air p- that particular air. <laughs> but like, so, so the the roof, the roof air. I, like, fact. like literally, it's. I just have that line. Please don't ask any more questions. Is that is my only question? Is is that true of a tent? Um, but then a tent, you've got different like you've got the sides and stuff as well haven't you so there's no real sides to this it just kind of it's like a canopy really more than Mm. a dome it's technically not a dome (laughs) (laughs) and also it's quite there's holes on the side aren't there because it's not it doesn't all come down to the ground so (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm in an exam It's one of those things. I don't know if I'm meant to be impressed or not. Okay. I feel like next time I go to like a village fight, I was the roof of this compared to this gazebo compared to the air underneath. Hang on, let me see if I can find it somewhere else. 
Um, I mean, oh. to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't just flown off. Any they point, had a hole, know. didn't they? They had a hole, it? yeah. But you know, you know how like a gazebo yes. yeah. can be lifted. Yeah. Okay. Despite its massive size, the entire structure of the roof is ultra efficient and relatively lightweight. So much so that the total weight of the structure weighs less than the air contained in the building. This is such. I. I that means nothing to me. <laughs> I don't like. I've never thought about how much the air air is in a building. I've never thought about this. <laughs> and I don't mind. And also, the more, but the, I, 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 it's all over the internet, but there's no real explanation. Like, there's no, no. equation to, to show how that works. How do you weigh air? How do you calculate the weight of air? Oh, there's a calculation. Dense, it's, about, it's about density. Yeah. See, M- thick air. <laughs> It's thick air. Thick air coming from the body it's zone. Thick air. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Shall I go on to the the last fact? <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, the canopy is fifty two meters high in the middle, which is longer than the air. <laughs> well, it says one meter for each week of the year. No. But I don't know if that's deliberate or not. Oh, it's, they, it's do, got to be deliberate. Well, surely. Yeah, that's so what say it that again. So the canopy is fifty-two meters high in the middle. Fifty meters high. Mm-hmm. One meter for each week, each of, the week year. of the year. Oh, I quite like that. It's like a modern-day um, Stonehenge. Yeah. And the <laughs> and then the, the is there some significance about the sweep around? Because then it would be good if it was like two thousand. Meters, that would be good. What's that called? Circumference? Circumference, yeah. I'd quite like that, but I don't think they'd have thought this far ahead. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) They'd just be like, just pin it down. (laughs) Just pin it um, down. I went to Stonehenge for the first time last weekend. Yeah. And I was talking to someone where we were staying and... He said, where have you been? And I said, I've been to Stonehenge. And he went, the last time I was there, a nine-year-old offered me acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, it says the diameter is 320 metres, which feels like a shame because they That's could have too, done it yes. as a year. Yeah, that feels an- annoyingly close to not actually do it. Do you know what that is? You know when, you're, when you wrap presents sometimes and you've cut yes. the piece of paper just a bit too short? Yes, that's exactly that. what they've done. Yeah, they just needed that little bit extra <laughs> oh, that's space. Oh, shame. Yeah, well, I mean, everything about it was doomed to failure. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That is June 1997. It was action-packed. It was. It really was. Please tell us what you were doing in June 1997. Yes, send us an email, at com, or uh, send us a tweet to thezennialdome. Thank you very much for listening. We'll yeah. be back with another one of these shortly, as well as information on a live show. Um, get in touch. We'll see you later. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.